You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. We are live, ready to roll. We got a new setup here. You guys can see the new mic setup. So we're ready to roll. We're ready to podcast. So this is Bench Talk Live. It's where I answer your questions live on air. Anything benching, anything you guys want to talk about. Alright, so let's get this show kicked off. We got some people joining in on YouTube. You can join us every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. Let's get some questions rolling in. Sip a coffee to the working man. Mm, damn good. Straight espresso. Alright, guys, let's file in. Let's get some let's get some cues going. I got some great stuff that came in through Instagram the other day. One being a uh, great question from Matt. How do you uh, perform a successful static hold? Now, this is a great question because uh, a static hold, whether you hold the weight at the top or you hold the weight at the bottom or really anywhere in between, anytime you're doing any type of isometric, there's a proper way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Okay, And you're definitely going to change how much you get out of the movement based on how you perform it. So this was a great question sent in by Matt. And um, my answer to this is you need to bring intensity to what you're doing. Okay, it needs to be intentful, a lot of activation. Um, those things need to be in place. So you can't just say, for example, we're doing a long pause at chest, okay, at chest level with the bench. All right, we can't just get the weight down there, especially if it's light, and just kind of hang out in that position. All right, because it's not going to take much effort to be down there. All right, it's just not, especially with light weight. You guys see my recent video on long pause holds and, and something that's so beneficial for you for strength off the chest and stability uh, is creating that tension down to bottom. And you're not going to get anything out of that drill unless you really, really work how hard you're squeezing and all that. So that's absolutely critical for a proper static hold. Um, and then that's, you know, really one of the biggest tips that I can ever give anyone is to bring more intensity to what you're doing. All right. And, uh, so I talk about the warmups, uh, especially warmups because, you know, it doesn't take much effort to move 30, 50% weight, but when you treat it like it's a hundred percent, every time you're squeezing your lats, you're squeezing everything, squeezing the bar. You're going to get more out of that training significantly, and you're going to add much more significant volume over time. So intensity is definitely something you always want to bring to your training. Uh, one of the biggest tips I could ever give. Well, trying to scroll here without sticking my finger in front of the camera. Chris, what advice do you have for an older lifter, 50 years old? So with a lot of our... Older athletes, aged athletes, experienced athletes, whatever you want to call them. Um, I really have to focus on recovery. You know, recovery is probably the biggest change that will occur. Uh, how much rest you get in between 
sessions, um, what you're doing in those sessions, just making sure you're able to recover from what you're doing because recovery doesn't get better as you age. Um, doesn't mean you can't get stronger, but recovery capabilities are just going to just be declining at that point. Um, that's just that's just how life works. So um, that's just something that I have to you know pay attention to more with our older athletes. And um, you know, so some of the biggest things I could tell you, Chris, is uh, just use modifications, use variations where applicable. You know, it, don't try to do something that's causing you discomfort uh, or you don't feel like you're recovering from it I would just watch a lot of the variations that you might have in your training Um, and you know it's it's not a bad thing to have to bench once a week especially if you attack that one session with a lot of emphasis get accessories in afterwards or even do that main bench and then later in the week do accessories something like that you know if that is better for recovery that's ultimately what you need to worry about question from ian middleton hi man i love your stuff it's taught me a lot i really appreciate that ian hopefully i'm saying that right i don't know if it's lane or ian but um really appreciate that bud thanks for joining us live here on youtube every tuesday 12 p.m guys join us live all right gonna answer some more questions from the instagram sip a coffee for the working man What would be your advice for someone trying to increase their arch? All right, now, great question, and one that is a very popular topic. Many people want to know, how can I get a better arch? How can I increase my positioning on the bench press? Um, And, you know, you see a lot of tricks out there, like putting a foam roller over or under your lower back, and, you know, I really don't think that's necessary, and it doesn't really promote where we want to get the extension. You know, it is something that I've utilized with our athletes a bit more is kind of like a mental cue. Hey, don't touch this foam roller. Try to get over it. Um, but ultimately, uh, where we want that arch to come from is through our upper back. So the biggest thing I could tell you if you're trying to increase your arch is warming up the upper back appropriately to gain more range of motion there. So if you can retract your shoulder blades harder, if you can depress your shoulder blades better, that's only going to help your arch and your positioning you know your individual flexibility that's not something that i would really look to um, try to change because you're just you're not going to gain good headway there all right we're not all looking like gymnasts doing weird flips over ourselves and uh you know putting ourselves in these really weird positions but you know not everyone's going to be able to do that and that's okay just because someone has a bigger arch than you doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have a bigger bench um Quite the contrary, you know, sometimes the arch is kind of a, a, a downgraded thing in the training because you rely on that so much, you just never really build up a lot of full range strength, you know. So if I was to do feet up bench, you know, it's just, that's something I have to do regularly because it can decline a lot from always doing a competition setup. So, um, yeah, the T-spine work, we just put out a video about a warm-up, an upper back warm-up for bench pressing. Now, that video, uh, I would definitely recommend to you, okay? That is going to be a a big, big thing. That's really made all the difference for me lately in my training with the bench press is this upper back warm-up. And the things I do in this warm-up, including the peanut ball and the T-spine, doing the scapular movements that I do, and then doing what I call the big bend holds, 
that has really made a total 360 and how ready I feel to bench on bench day. Um, I'm able to get into way better positions to, to the point where I almost sometimes consider going down a rack height. Um, just getting into some really good positions. Totally changed everything. So I'll check out that video. That's what I'll recommend for you, my friend. Upper back warm-up, big benches. Search that on YouTube. Sure to pop up there. That one's a great one. We've got some more questions rolling in. We got JH. Hi, Coach Ben. I got a new PR. 140 kilograms at 80 kilograms body weight. But now I'm at a new situation having to train alone on a commercial gym without safety bars. Any ideas on how I could keep my gains? Thanks again. So I don't necessarily think you need to, and this goes for any situation where you're used to good equipment and now you have to downgrade to worse off equipment. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to take a step back. Just because you're not lifting the same amount of weight doesn't mean you can still see the same progress. You know, I've, I've known people who they would get, they would know how much they would get out of using a deadlift bar at a meet. When they had to train just because of the situation where they trained, you know, they only had access to a shitty power bar. So they kind of kept in their head, hey, I'm going to gain another 40 pounds once I can actually use a deadlift bar. And the only time they got their hands on the deadlift bar was at the meet. All right. So that jump in weight, it's still going to be there. So you still got to do the same things that you would normally do. You try to, to the best of your ability, you know, with for a commercial gym bench. You can put down a thick yoga mat. That'll help cushion it, give it some height. Um, you can put down the Mark Bell Benchmark product there. That that thing works great. I had mine over two years now. And, uh, you know, there's things, there's just ways you can modify a commercial gym bench to make it work. But you're not probably going to lift as much weight. And this is what I tell athletes sometimes was sometimes you're just stuck with subpar equipment, subpar situation. But you make the most of it. No, you're not going to lift the same amount of weight. So if we're going heavy that day, don't expect a PR. But think of it relative. You know, I, don't put excuses into your training. But you know, it's it's something that you have to account for. You know, if you were so I know if if I bench on my bench versus if I bench somewhere else, I'm usually just not going to get into the same tightness and, and positioning. Uh, <clears throat> it's just not going to happen. So. Uh, you just got to keep those things in mind. So you don't have to lose gains. You don't have to take a step back. Uh, the weight's probably going to decrease. But, hey, you know, you make it hard. Make training harder. And, listen, not moving as much weight is not going to be quite as taxing on the body, too. So, hey, that works out for you as well. A little bit of a deload, hey. Kelly Williams, what tricep movements do you think are best for a raw bench? Um I'm not big on any particular tricep movement in general. Uh, I like all tricep movements. I think they're all great. I think you just got to kind of experiment and find what really beats you up, what hits on kind of a weak point for you. Um, so I would experiment with a lot of tricep variations. I do like big moves. So close grip bench, obviously JM press has been something that has helped me tremendously in my training as of late. Um, so I would recommend the big tricep moves for sure. Uh, because if you can move more weight, you know, typically uh, that's going to be a great way to get stronger. Some of those isolation tricep movements, you know, to really progress in weight, it have to be fractional because, you know, how much at the end of the day are you going to do on a tricep pushdown and actually engage the triceps, you know. So that, that's, uh, you know, that would be the biggest thing is use those big movements. But accessories, you know, find what works for you, what you like to do. Matt. 
when should a raw lifter start benching out of elbow sleeves to prep for a meet? So I would say in peaking phase of the last four weeks or so, um, really where you're going to start determining your meet numbers because you do want to um, you know, make it realistic to what's going to happen at the meet in that scenario. You can't wear elbow sleeves at a meet, so you want to get prepped uh, for doing that. And I've made that mistake before, um, whereas I got too comfortable with the elbow sleeves. And it did make a little bit of a difference on meet day for sure, um, not having that compression. Uh, I did use it in the warm room and stuff, but um, I would say four weeks out, I would get accustomed to them. A any of those lifts, those big lifts, so, so some of the things we do with our raw lifters is like a slingshot one rep max, a one board one rep max, those types of uh, movements, and those are really determining numbers for us. So um, you know, those would be situations where I'd say, hey, let's get out of the elbow sleeves for that John Sanders, what's up, my friend? Thanks for joining in. Uh, just completed your eight-week board press program with a three-board bench blocks. Should I repeat the program with a two-board? Um, so you could definitely go down in boards. Uh, that's one way to do it. Or you could just go through it again. If you got good results, continue to use a three-board. But you know, really up to you. Uh, two-board, it's, it's tough to tell any type. Uh, you know, it's hard anytime you're putting together a program um, to put in specific board heights because it's really going to be different to everyone because everyone has a different uh, range of motion. So the desired effect you're going to get out of a certain board uh, is going to be different for everyone. I'm the strongest off of one board because it's a nice balance of cutting range of motion in my shirt um, and allowing me to actually load the shirt. So I've always done my best lifts off of one board. Um, it's actually harder for me off a two board, even though it's not as much range of motion. I can't load the shirt. Um, and then if I try to go over a two board, I'm not even going to get the weight to get over the board, to be honest with you. So, you know, so my range of motion is just so short that, you know, one board is mid-range for me. Uh, I can utilize a half board, you know, whereas someone else, you know, four board might be mid-range. And I definitely have athletes on the team who do a four board for mid-range work. Um, even a five board, not out of the question. Sip of coffee to you guys. Jared Chirico. Thanks for joining in, my friend. I've been bulking. That's always nice to hear. Keep that bulking going. Uh, but my bench has still been stuck at 185 for three months, and I bench three times a week. Do you, you suggest I add another day? So in that scenario, I really have to break down what you're doing on those days, but I wouldn't look to add another day. If anything, I would look maybe even to subtract a day, really depending on what you're doing. I'd have to know what you're doing because um, increased recovery, you know, it's not always the answer to add more. Um, sometimes you need to do more, and usually you can look to accessories for that and you know, try to find that weak point in your bench. If it's the back or the triceps or shoulder stability, any of that, it's good to analyze what's going on and then attack it more with accessory work uh, before you look to add actual benching. And three times a week is usually plenty sufficient. I usually wouldn't suggest adding another day. If anything, take uh, benching away from the programming and add in more accessory work. That would be my suggestion because especially on a bulk, um, the bench should go up. Um, so definitely probably just stuck uh, at a weak point. I wouldn't say benching more is the answer there. Ian Middleton, uh, what is your bench with a bench shirt and without a bench shirt? So 
My best uh, raw bench in competition did 2019 last year, and that was 440 pounds. Um, I don't typically prep or um, prepare for a raw bench. If I tried to raw bench now, I tell you, it'd be hard to even get the 400. Um, to be honest with you, that's because I've pretty much taken the whole year off with uh, up my shoulder. Um, something was going on with it, so I wasn't able to raw bench like I want. But um, yeah, I'm a sure to bencher, and my bench there is 820. Looking to try to break that this uh, coming four weeks now, December 5th. So um, excited for that opportunity. And um, yeah, the big difference between the two, right, 440 to 820. Uh, well, it really comes down to knowing how to use that equipment because it doesn't make it easier it's not like anyone could throw it on and get 400 pounds out of it I, i'm blessed to have a shorter range of motion so i can wear a tighter shirt usually get away with that stuff but um you know it's taken years and years of really just dialing in that precision using that equipment and it's not one of those scenarios where you could just throw on the shirt and, and gain that much you know what i mean mike hey coach you available for a lift off i wish buddy i wish i could make it out there uh, I really miss traveling, man. Uh, we got the bench clinic in Michigan. I hope that uh, I hope that's gonna be a, a great one. I'm super excited to uh, to get out there. So um, can't wait to just be able to get around and do meets with people. And you know, the, the travel restrictions right now are kind of tough. Um, excited for Tiny's meet. Nothing's gonna keep me out of that meet in March. I tell you what, if we can't fly there, we're gonna drive there. <laughs> Nothing's keeping me out of that tiny meat, tiny meekers meat. Uh, Kelly Williams, how often do you do these live bench talks or are they just random? Uh, so, Kelly, you can um, get the bench talk live every uh, Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern time. It, it's been um, like that since, uh, I guess, since the pandemic started. I've started doing these on uh, Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, and we've stuck to it. So, yeah, you know where to find me. Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Not quite on the bench, but I'm in the office. Um, so, yeah, tell a friend. Hey, guys, uh, just a quick note. Tell a friend. Uh, you know, that's the biggest way you can help us spread the podcast. You know, give us a five-star rating. All that really, really helps tremendously, and I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Um, but really just telling a friend. Be like, hey, Tuesdays, 12 p.m. is really cool. Um, YouTube live show and uh, you can also catch this on Spotify is our, our podcast the bench talk I'm sorry uh, the bench cast all right so you can get replays of these and um, hear our smaller topic episode podcast as well um, most people have Spotify uh, just check out the bench cast iTunes wherever you listen to podcasts Jared I've been running the Candido six-week intermediate program um, so I'm not familiar with the, the Candido uh, program there, unfortunately, my friend. Um, so I'm not sure what that exactly entails. But I know he, he's a very smart uh, lifter and programmer. So uh, I'm sure it's um, the, the programming is sorted out uh, well. So I wouldn't look to add an extra day to that. Probably what's going on is you need to find that weak point in your, in your training find a variation that you suck at and build that up you know try different movements you know for me lately jm press has really been a, a huge thing i've been doing a lot of that bench has been feeling amazing good lockout strength um sometimes it just comes down to more upper back strength too and boy can that make a difference way more than you probably think it, it makes the weight feel so much lighter in your hands when you have a good strong upper back and you can utilize it effectively 
Sober Powerlifting. Just got my big benches, elbow sleeves, and wrist straps. The best quality products and very fast delivery. Really appreciate that, Alan. Um, I, I really appreciate the uh, the order and the, the vote of confidence there. I do agree. Uh, the same uh, products that I use as well. Uh, our big benches, elbow sleeves, keep my joint nice and warm. And also our wrist straps give me support to lift whatever weight I need to lift. Uh, you know, I've used that. I've had most I've handled is uh, 900 pounds. So, um, oh, we had all right. We're still going. Uh, most I had in my hands is 900 pounds, and uh, my wrist straps held up great, no problems there. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that vote of confidence, my friend. You guys can check out BigBenches.com. Our elbow sleeves, our compression wraps, wrist straps. We got a lot of good stuff there. Royston. Some days I am extremely strong in the gym where I bench 365 for 5 reps, whereas some days I can bench only 345 for 1. What's the reason for fluctuating strength while benching? Um, so, I mostly I encountered this. Um, what, what it really comes down to is either something's way off with nutrition or recovery just the consistency day to day if you don't have a set job at a set time and eating the same ways and it's fluctuating all over then that can cause issues in your training but what it usually the case is if everything's pretty consistent um, is that there's something technically missing you're not sure what it is sometimes you're hitting on it sometimes you're not so i'll give you an example um, for me that inconsistency with the bench uh, with the takeout, right, so unracking the bar, um, I would have some days where I could I feel great benching in the 700s, um, and then days where 600 was a difficult thing for me, and it all came down to how that weight was coming out, how it was locking down the scaps and uh, loading that weight, whereas one time, you know, I would chase the bar, and that would put me in a really poor position, and the other times, I was locking down real effectively, but I didn't realize um, either or uh, until I started cueing myself in a certain way that made it consistent. So usually it's something's off in technique and sometimes you're hitting on it, sometimes you're not. Okay, and if you find out what that is, you're going to have many days where you're feeling, um, like you said, what, two, 250 or 365 for five reps. You're going to have many of those days, my friend, uh, if you can key in on that specific technical point that is missing. Kelly Williams, I uh, always wondered, in a bench shirt, do you f still retract your scapula or do you flat back bench in a shirt? Just wondering because the shirt seems like it pulls you forward so much. Uh, yeah, so that's the difficult thing is setting up in the shirt. Um, the, the shirt really, hold on guys, I'm going to close this. Some noise going on outside. So uh, when it comes to the shirt... Okay, I'll get back to your question. Sorry there, Kelly. Um, so getting uh, back to the shirt of question here. Yes, you definitely want to retract. That's going to be huge, but the shirt makes it very difficult, right? So a lot of that comes down to how you're approaching that shirt and setup. How you're, you still have to get your scaps together, right? You're, you're going to have all that compression of the shirt weighing down on you. So I always recommend once you get into that setup, right, bridge up, get your hands, however you go about doing it. Once you set your hands, shimmy your scaps back down, and that'll help you get a lot more out of that positioning. And um, don't lock down the shirt too much. Um, I actually don't like having my um, 
my belt super super tight or, or jacked down or the straps on my shirt very very tight uh, I wear my straps super super loose um, so that that shirt's not pushing down on my arch I can arch much more effectively with a nice loose strap on the back side and not having too tight of a, of a bench belt and having someone pull my shirt I hate having someone pull my shirt if they want to slide my belt that's fine but pulling my shirt is gonna pull me out of position and I don't need that anyway um, so and this is prelude a little bit um, great segue um, we just launched our shirted course our um, online course for shirted benching it's the definitive guide on, on shirted benching it's literally everything I put into that in terms of tips and tricks and all that that I can give you um, so we're talking about how to break in a shirt, how to size a shirt, picking the right shirt, how to train in your shirt, using boards or not using boards. You know, really everything is in there, getting alterations done, things like that. Um, you could go to bigbenches.com. If you click on uh, online courses, it'll take you there. Okay. So uh, again, bigbenches.com, uh, online courses, click that tab and that'll bring you there. All right. And that's available Monday. So you can pre-order right now. And, um, It'll, it's available forever Monday okay so you'll have that to access you can check out those videos anytime but 40 videos in there bunch of links so um, definitely check that out guys atmospheric pressure dips work I don't argue with that my friend I'm sure <clears throat> dips are super effective for you Ian Middleton I just turned 16 and my bench is 225 right now how much do you think I could add in a year um, it's, it's hard to say. Those questions are always always tough there, Ian, because um, you know, it really just comes down to, to effort and if you hit on the right uh, weak point and all that. So um, that's, that's going to be something that I guess we'll just find out in time. Uh, I would say it wouldn't be uncommon if you added a good 40, 50 pounds, um, you know, if not more. It really depends what you do with your body weight, too, and stuff like that. So um you know you're in a great spot you're right spot right now matt my girlfriend said all my protein powder was steroids and threw them out how soon do i put her stuff by the street and change the locks always interesting uh comment or question there matt um i'd say right away i'd say right away <laughs> david lopez what's set uh what's set or rep what uh, set or rep and weight percentage do you recommend when using a slingshot? Do you utilize a slingshot in your training? Yeah, so mostly with uh, our athletes right now, we'll do the slingshot and we'll either do it for one to three reps and um, use it for overload purposes. So we're really trying to get over 100%. Uh, as for secondary work, sometimes I'll throw on the slingshot, like close grip and do board works. Uh, this dude's bench is my squat plus bench. <laughs> uh, Tom, Sir Roman, I bench five hundred. That's great, Tom. That's a great. That's a great bench right there. Um, Geo Power. Hey, Coats. What's your favorite cue for the eccentric part of the bench? Raw train. Thank you. Uh, anything to do with loading the back properly. Um, I'm really big on when you get that weight out, hold it for three seconds, really give it a long hold and just work on how hard you can retract back and you'll find you could probably get that bar to dip with locked out arms about a good maybe quarter inch or so extra. Um, so I'm big on just getting that weight out, trying to lock up as much as you can with your back and try to position that bar lower and then set that initial um, eccentric with a row think of it as a row engage your lats 
that would be the, my biggest cueing for that. Uh, whether you're raw or shirt, it remains the same. Mustafa Javadi. Hey, Coach Ben. Love you, man. Can't uh, can't feel noticeable pressure on my fingerprints on the bar while lowering the bar, especially when using heavy weights. Does this mean that I don't implement lats the right way? Um, so you don't feel the pressure of your fingerprints. I'm not sure if I'm understanding that. Uh, seems like you're focusing on grip. Um, so I'm not I'm not completely sure on that, my friend. Um, if you could maybe clarify that question a bit, I can help you out. All right, so let's move on to some questions that came in the other day. Uh, when people say you're strong, but you feel like you're weak, should you compete? And my answer to this is that you're never going to feel like you're ready to compete. You're never going to feel like you're strong enough. I never feel like I'm strong enough. Um, but you compete to try to better yourself every time. You're trying to compete honestly with yourself. It's not really competition with other people. Majority of powerlifting meets, you know, unless it's at a super high level or a national meet, you know, the competition's really on the person versus that same person. It's you versus you. Um, it's re honestly at most meets, you're not even gonna know who else is in your division. It's just not clear cut. You're not even gonna have an idea until they announce it at the end. Um, so you're not even gonna be watching what they're doing because you don't even know who you're competing with. So honestly, a lot of meets is just you versus you and trying to get better numbers each time. And I know the first meet is always kind of scary. It's always kind of um, you know nerve wracking to jump into that first meet. But once you do it, I mean you're hooked, and you're gonna be looking to do the next one and try to better your numbers. So um, it's just getting out there and doing that first one gets you over the hump, and then you're hooked. I tell you. All right, what is a good exercise to increase lat strength besides rows? So uh, I'm assuming talking about barbell rows and, and all that. So um, to build the lats, you know, I'd say any pull-down variation is a great way. I like doing a V-bar hookup, so a little close-grip V-bar there, hooking that up to a lat pull-down. Uh, I love how that feels, getting full protraction, coming back down. Um, so all that's great. Uh, machines, I love a lap pullover machine if your gym has one. Um, they're kind of tough to come by, not every gym has them, uh, but they're very effective. Um, so yeah, a lot of different options to train your lats. doesn't necessarily have to be a heavy row. Uh, it could be a pull-down variation or something similar like that. Dark Gamer BG, hello. If I bench with sinking the bar and I have a bigger arch, does bigger arch means bigger pop off the chest? Um, so that's not something I usually coach is that sinking uh, type of heaving motion. Um, that that you might see uh, Julius Maddox would do a lot of. And although he's the biggest raw bencher, um, technically uh, that's definitely not how I'd ever coach the bench. So um I'd imagine you could probably maybe get better pop if you had the, the arch and you collapse that. Um, but I don't teach benching like that. Um, it's all about control and precision and, and all that. So um, quite the opposite of, of what I coach. So I can't really help you out with, with that one, my friend. All right. Um, and I wanted to touch on a great single ply question here. How do you find your groove in a single ply bench shirt? Well, really, finding your groove in a single-ply shirt versus a multi-ply shirt really doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, it should be a similar groove. Uh, so 
finding the groove, what I recommend is taking pretty lightweight weight that you probably won't touch and just working that for reps. Get some volume in in the shirt, but use light enough weight that you can actually do that. Um, that is going to help tremendously. Um, just practicing that groove, practicing how to pull into the touch, how to groove the, the weight back, because you need light enough weight. You're never going to be able to really change your groove in a bench shirt with heavy weight. Because you're always in that kind of fight or flight. You know, this is a heavy ass weight. I can't mess this up or I'm getting squashed. Um, when you have lightweight, you can actually pull that bar down. Okay. So uh, that is a huge training technique that I think a lot of sort of uh, lifters miss out on. Is they just don't work with light enough weight and get that volume in. And it really does pay dividends. Uh, dark gamer and will heels up better than heels down um, so I'm I'm more of a heels flat guy um, I think either or can be effective and the reason why I bench with sink is because I have a 75% cut on my shoulder and I am weak off the chest because of that um, yeah so I mean however you have to modify your bench to make make do um, sometimes that just is what it is um, but yeah typically that style can cause a lot of um, issues down at chest level too. So something to, to maybe consider reworking some um, some right. Now, going from like that heaving style to good control benching, um, that's very difficult to do. You're probably going to have to cut your weight back a bit uh, to progress forward. And that's always tough is to, is to take that drop in weight and build back up. Um but again, when it comes to injuries, it's really just however you can bench, you know, make make it happen. Uh, Ian Middleton, I weigh 188 pounds as well right now, and I'm on a bulk trying to get up to 196. And so that, you know, anytime you're bulking, that helps your bench tremendously. And then anytime you're cutting weight, I'd say the first thing that's affected is going to be your bench press. Um, just usually how it goes, it's, uh, you know, highly... Um, affected by body weight fluctuations especially when you're in a bench shirt because the shirt's going to fit differently and stuff so you need to know how to adjust your shirt appropriately uh, anyone looking for shirted bench tips i laid it all out there in our new online course for shirted benching it's called mastering shirted benching um now there is a uh, should be a link down below in this youtube video any of our youtube um also our instagram link in the bio and you go to bigbenches.com, click the bench clinics tab, or I'm sorry, the bench uh, course tab, and it'll bring you there. Uh, everything on how to work the bench shirt, grooving the shirt, breaking in the shirt, uh, what that process will look like, sizing the bench shirt. We even have a program available in that course. So it's jam-packed with all this great info. Just launched today, opens on Monday, pre-enrollment's going on now, so make sure you get in on that course best thing you could do for for if you're a shirt adventure i'll tell you what i put everything in there if you kelly if you get stuck at the bottom do you think that it's just a back tightness problem well it really depends um usually that's where i would look to improve first is is um you know your back strength um that would what i would look to first typically that'll make a big difference um but you gotta consider chest strength as well especially if you have a long range of motion um, shoulder strength, you know, all that plays a role, but I would definitely look back first, then chest. If you're have a weakness off the bottom, 
but really I would just spend more time down there with the bar creating tension long pause holds dead press um, doing three second pauses and training with heavy weight all that's going to help tremendously build up that bottom range if I open my hands a little bit after the pop off the chest and the referee doesn't see it it will be good lift um, so I, I the hands can open um, at least in the federations that I'm familiar with uh, hands can open so that shouldn't be a red light Royce said four years ago I snapped my arm while arm wrestling and had a humorous fracture went through surgery have recovered now although I feel slight pain at times will this affect my strength while benching um, I'm sh snapped arms never sounding good so I'm sure um, it could potentially have its detriment on you and that could be a long-term thing but um, I wouldn't let that stop you I'm sure you could get way past the strength that you were at previously you know it's just something that happened and that there's probably going to be lasting effects in there but it doesn't mean that you have to um, you know sacrifice what you could do on your bench maybe your potential ceilings maybe not as higher but that really just comes down to work ethic and effort so um, you know I really I wouldn't consider that a detriment I would just keep working hard my friend uh, Kelly who is your favorite lifter of all time and why uh, I mean that's a tough one I'm not I'm not really one to, to have favorites um, it has to be a bencher it has to be a big bencher um, you know Scott Mendelson he's he's done some crazy stuff I've seen him like thousand pounds in one hand off in the gym um, tiny Meeker, you know, he's, he's amazing bencher, you know, it's gotta be a bencher, you know, cause, um, you know, that's what we do. I'm a, I'm a bench only guy, um, through and through, uh, although I do compete full power time to time, but, um, yeah, it has to be a bench guy cause nothing like a, a big, heavy shirt of bench. I love that. Uh, how long have you been growing your beard for? I guess this has been going on two years now, but I mean, I, I'll trim it up every now and then. So it's not, it's not a full length. It could be. Um, so I just kind of keep it around here now. Uh, Dark Gamer, our Rose, 5x5 five five must if I want to bench more. And sorry for the dumb question. I, I just have competition after two months and I'm stressed so much. Um, so you have competition coming up in two months. That's awesome, my friend. Oh, enjoy it. Enjoy the experience. Enjoy the opportunity. Um, you know, meet slightly or are fewer to come by. A lot of them are getting canceled and... Uh, you know, it's just awesome being able to get to a competition, and, and so I'm sure you're going to do awesome. Um, are rows 5x5 five five necessary? No, you don't need to do 5x5 five five in rows to get a stronger back like that um, or improve your bench. I mean, there's a lot of different back stuff that you can do, um, so it doesn't you don't necessarily have to have that kind of volume for rows, no. Um, there's a lot of different sets and rep schemes that you can utilize, stuff like that. Right, last question I'm going to take here from a deals training. What's an ideal Larson press uh, to normal bench ratio? If someone can bench 315, Larson press should be around where? Um, I would take about 20, 30 pounds off of that on average, uh, if not a little bit more. It really depends. Like for me, that I would sacrifice a lot because uh, if I went Larson style as a feet out, not even feet on the on the pad. <clears throat> feet on the pad's already a detriment to me enough. Um, 
because it's a longer range of motion i can't get into my usual setup and stuff and then you really can't push off the pad when you're in a larson press so for me it would probably be more significant It'd probably be like a 30 40 pound thing um you know but it, it really depends and, and that will kind of be telling of what having that leg drive does for your bench press and you know it might not be as much as you expect but it's certainly a lot in terms of positioning and then that a little bit of additional force as well um, so I'd say hopefully you'd be able to get around 265, 275, if not a little bit more. Um, you know, I really don't think it'll be a huge gap, but, you know, I'd say 295, 300 would be really good for that. Ideal's training a sip of coffee. That's right, sip of coffee to you guys. All right, guys, I am going to be taking just a few more here. Um, let's go with... Pierre, I haven't heard from Pierre. Can I afford to bench three times a week as a 17-year-old? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of additional practice would be beneficial to you. You know, anytime you have higher frequency anything, um, you just have to watch how you're recovering from it and how you set it up in your programming so that um, you're not overdoing it. Okay, you're not doing something that you can't really recover from or you slowly just overfill that recovery bucket and it eventually turns into... Um, you know, discomforts and pains and things like that. So I definitely think you can bench three times a week. I think anyone can, um, just really how you set that up. So maybe you have one heavy day and maybe the other two days you're going pretty medium weight and not really pushing the weight too much. Maybe you have a speed day. Um, but I do think having additional volume, especially at a younger age when you're still progressing so much, um, I think that can be really beneficial because um, that's also, you're not going to be at your full strength potential yet. You know, once you start getting stronger and stronger and stronger, it's harder because now you're lifting more weight and it's harder to recover from. Okay, when your squat max is 500 and then all of a sudden now your squat max is 1,000, you know, recovery is going to be very different. So, um, you know, take advantage of that now where you're not at your full strength potential yet and um, you know, get a lot of that volume in. Get a lot of good technique work in and just practice. All right, guys, so I am going to uh, call it there today. I really appreciate everyone that tuned in. Um, you know, a really good time doing these. And um, just want to let everyone know that Sure to Bench course. Go to bigbenches.com, online courses. That is launched today. Super excited about that product. That was a long time in the making. We put it all together, launched it today. So check that out. I'm sure you'll be seeing some things about that. Um, you can go and uh, subscribe to our newsletter on bigbenches.com to get updates and info on all new products and things like that so again i really appreciate it guys if you can tell a friend tuesday 12 p.m eastern time you can also check out the Benchcast on spotify i'd greatly appreciate it thank you everyone that joined in and we'll talk soon